Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Underbox Podcast, the television show podcast on the Anfield Index Podcast channel. It feels like I haven't said that for so, so long, but we are back finally with another OTB. And this time we're not actually talking about a show per se. We're going to be talking about the topic of rise of basically uh, TV and streaming and uh, rise of the machines, let's say. So I have two expert, expert guests. (laughs) <laughs> joining me for this one um not only are they my partners on ai pro but they do um well they are directors at libertyshield.com welcome to the show eddie uh, bloody hell i'm getting your name wrong now eddie eddie gibbs and greg hopcroft how are you doing eddie well, i've obviously not been on enough podcast for my name to be uh <laughs> known how to pronounce and nina's nowhere in sight either i know i know this is just not good not good how you doing mate you okay yeah, I'm fine. Uh, recovering from all things football and keen to talk about some technology and some of the things that uh, we actually do from day to day. Exactly. And Greg, your debut as well on the, on the box. Nice to have you on, mate. Debut all round, I think. I don't think I've been on any any pod so far, so yeah. Oh, wow. First one ever. <laughs> an honour an honor to have you on. So we're expecting amazing stuff from you. No the pleasure, pleasure is all mine. <laughs> No pressure. Bob. This is like when a producer a producer comes from behind the camera. <laughs> exactly. He has been producing, doing some fine work. Producer Greg, yes. Producer Greg. You know what? The the television, this is what the podcast is all about. And let's just start with a little bit of background on what you guys do then at LibertyShield.com because I think it'd be interesting for the listeners to know your backgrounds first. So, uh, Greg, do you want to kick off really what, what, what the company does and stuff? And then obviously we can... We can tie in all of that later on in the podcast because that's where it'll go. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, LibertyShield.com um, offers a, a proxy and VPN solution. Um, primarily now we're moving down the VPN router route, um, router route, which allows customers to basically purchase a, a piece of hardware, a router from us, connect it to their ISP router, 
creates a new VPN network in their, in their home um, or abroad, wherever they may be, um, and they can then connect all their devices up to that. Um, we've got a high-speed Tier 2 network, um, one of the few that are out there, um, gives good, good speed, good connectivity, good reliability. Um, and if essentially the VPN allows users to remain safe, secure, um, and use their UK or other country um, IP address wherever in the world they may be. Yeah, and uh, Eddie, I think that's pretty much covered it. What what can you add, and why is that a benefit? Well, historically, VPNs, which stand for virtual private network and, and proxy servers, were, were, were very much designed to uh, protect people's privacy and security. They were nothing to do with TV. So we're going to put it in a TV context just now. But traditionally, they were nothing to do with that. They were literally someone. Let's just give an example. Someone, for instance, in London that worked in a business traveling to the Middle East, they may want to not allow, allow the Middle Eastern ISP to be able to see the login details for the extranet or their online banking or anything like that. And as such, they would deploy a VPN or a proxy server on the device, be it a laptop, a phone, any device that they're, they're actually using. So it was an VPN is an encrypted connection. So it cannot be it cannot be seen by an ISP. The logs cannot be seen by an ISP. So it's, it's a privacy and security product first and foremost. Uh, TV is a byproduct of that. And you would never have tied the two together until the likes of Netflix, BBC iPlayer, Amazon Prime came along. So there would be no link between the two at all up until that point. Yeah, that is what we want to talk about. So that's a really good uh, segue into the rise, really. And let's just go back to the day of four channels <laughs> and how it's changed. I remember, I remember my grandma actually um, not having any Asian channels to watch um, in the 80s. And relying on her VHS player and watching reruns of uh, any shows she had or any movies. Uh, I don't know if you ever remembered on BBC Two, guys, and whether it aired in Scotland or not. Um, but it, there was something called Mahabharat. Uh, Mahabharata is an Indian, uh, basically religious. It was just telling the story of uh, you know a religious uh, tale, but it was it was a an Indian show on BBC, and it was in the mornings, and she would tape that. Because then she'd watch reruns all week of the same thing because there was nothing else. She didn't speak English. I'm just saying back in the day. And now, if she was here now, luckily she got to see the the, the introduction of Indian uh, and Bollywood channels, you know, onto Sky. So she had more fun towards the end of her life but uh, in England. But otherwise, it was watch Neighbours and understand nothing. It was just crazy calling Charlene Shelley. But how much that has changed now. The introduction of Sky first was the game changer in the UK. Um, Eddie, can you remember getting your first Sky dish? Yeah, although it wasn't uh, it wasn't something I kind of adopted to much later. My parents were never massive on on satellite TV and TV in general, so we probably stuck with the four channels uh, quite quite a while, quite wow. a bit longer than most people. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm saying late. I, I would say probably. I was certainly in Scotland by the time I had Sky TV, so I, I would say probably as late as 1994, 1995, uh, before I kind of uh, moved out of the. I would go to the pub to watch the football. Uh, they had Sky well before I did at home, so that was uh, that would be the way I watched uh, I watched my sport, and that was really kind of the only thing I had was Sky, and then cable kind of was around at the same time. So uh, originally it was called I think United Artists, and it became Telewest, and it became what's what is today as Virgin Media. So uh, there's a uh, cable was pretty much my first uh 
saute into multi-channel TV uh, away from just a traditional four. Uh, and then satellite kind of came along much later, and, and now we're kind of seeing satellite being phased out, which is by with the advent of IPTV, which is something we're going to kind of talk about as as we move along in these various services that have that have come about. But we were actually involved as a technology company in streaming well before iPlayer and all of these mainstream services, and it kind of opened your eyes up to what was going to be around. I mean, Netflix was founded in 1997 by a chap called Reed Hastings and a few others. Uh, and it started as a, as a DVD service. Yeah, yeah. yeah was it was it. a mail order service. They actually considered VHS tapes when they were starting, but they went with DVDs uh, via mail order instead. I mean, they, their official launch was in 1998. They only had 30 employees and 925 DVDs. So that's quite an incredible story as, uh, as Netflix has evolved. It was they're, like Love Film, big... right? Basically Love Film. Yeah, yeah, Love Film is a is is a UK equivalent, effectively, yeah. which is kind of no longer even around. I think well, on that Tesco turned, or something. That, no, that became um, Amazon Prime, didn't it? Oh, is it Amazon Prime? That, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. So both of them, both of those those early sites that you just called them uh, movie type of sites, basically got bought out, or, or actually no, and Netflix evolved. But Love Film. Well, Netflix. Netflix big change was they bought Blockbuster. That was yeah. their, their. They paid fifty million dollars to Blockbuster in two thousand, and that that was their game changer. I mean, they started online. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but in two thousand and five, Netflix's first online model was called the Netflix Box. It was actually a piece of hardware uh, that would download the movie that you wanted overnight, and then it would become available the next day to watch it. Uh, so it just shows you how they've changed uh, the streaming model we know today. Only came about once they saw what YouTube were doing. Uh, which was 2007 they launched that and the UK didn't even come along till 2012 so it shows you how uh, how quickly Netflix evolved and now they have almost 180 million subscribers worldwide and offer 60 different regions so that that shows you how powerful uh, an online streaming company has become we'll go to the power of Netflix in a bit Greg your thoughts when was your first satellite dish we asked uh, Eddie the, the the question when did you first get yours or did you stick cable as well I'm just a youngster, I remember. So um, <laughs> I was still, I, I was still at home with my parents. Um, I, I think as soon as Sky came out, kind of thing, they they got the Sky Dish and the 300 channels or so that came out, and you just flick through channel by channel by channel by channel. Um, certainly no streaming at that point. It was all the old dial-up yeah. internet. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was called channel surfing, and people would actually just yeah. go through channels or stop or somewhere. Somebody, somebody phoned the house, and the internet cut off, and oh, just a <laughs> to, total disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was all. We were much the same, and it was. But it was certainly VHS and Blockbuster Video. You go along to the shop, you choose your your video, you watch it for two or three days, and then you take it back again. And that was certainly the you know I remember as my childhood was that was the treat going to Blockbuster to get a a, a VHS video. Oh my God, it was. It used to be amazing, and now those are all available. Like Eddie said, it's a click of a, click of a finger, most of them, uh, and if not in one, they're in so many, and then that. That kind of, I think, I think the big difference here is obviously Sky then took it to the next level, started doing video on demand and, and started doing recording. But this really started in America, didn't it, um, Eddie? With TiVo boxes, they were the first things. Kind of, I think I never Sky copied that. They followed that model. TiVo was the, wasn't that the first adaptation of kind of like on demand stuff in in um, in America? 
Yeah, very much so. TiVo was massive in America well before it was even heard of in the UK. And the concept of that was no longer recording onto VHS tapes or to DVDs. There was DVD writer-based systems at one point as well, but actually recording onto a a solid-state hard drive, the same sort of drive you would have in your computer. So that that was what TiVo was all about. And making... It didn't start off with on-demand content that was streamed. It just started Sorry, off as yes. a means of... Yeah, it started as a, a, yeah, a recording Yeah, as a recording device. Yeah, a recording device. Effectively, you could pick something from the schedule. Do you remember we had this thing in the UK called Video Plus? Uh, it was a little Video Plus number used to appear in the TV guide along shows, and you could effectively put VHS that in the video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it would, it would record that show onto your VHS without you having to go and set a timer or to press record and things like that. Well, TiVo took it a stage further in that they gave you an EPG, which is a TV guide. You could go through that TV guide on with your remote control, and you could just say, I want to record that program. And things that we know today, like series links and all that, they evolved as part of that so that people could record a whole series. And there, were, there was no on-demand streaming content at that point but there was a mechanism using your cable device to record content onto a solid state drive which you could go back and watch at a later date exactly and i I mean that that was where was the first on-demand stuff coming through then because obviously sky copied that moved it into uh, sky have been followers rather than innovators i thought i thought the first thing they did i mean sky was the innovation itself was great satellite tv was great that really blew up but then since then, I kind of think they're kind of more like followers rather than, would you get that same perception, Greg? They're more followers than setting, you know, the standard, would you say? Yeah, I would definitely agree. They've certainly followed, as you say, with, with the advent of satellite television, I think they were they were probably one of the first. And that that, that side of things was, was unique and, and, you know, it was great. Um, but as things have evolved, they've kind of followed the, the trend, I guess, and added things to their to their service and I guess they've had to keep up with the competition that's the other point there are that many different competitors for them now they have to offer something that at least matches in addition to the to the satellite which they're given obviously um, extra with their live television um, I think the, the the evolvement of on demand was huge and the things like you know iPlayer and all those kind of things coming along in terms of being able to watch things when it suits you rather than watching them live or recording them to a VHS. Um, I think that was massive, and it, it certainly changed how people, you know, view television, I guess. Um, and iPlayer was one not of the ne- first... Not necessarily, not necessarily on their television. No. You know, on a computer or, or, mm. or on, a, on, a, on a device. That's the, that was the key. And iPlayer was one of the first ones, I think maybe even the first one in the UK to do that, wasn't it? I think so. YouTube was YouTube was the first. You, uh, yeah. YouTube, YouTube. You, everyone everyone looked at what YouTube were doing with the technology and it opened oh, their yeah, eyes. Oh yeah, but YouTube was commercial. is more was more your own videos and stuff. It wasn't like yeah, it was you know, it was it was showing yeah. it was it was showing the the big guys what could be achieved through streaming. Yes. Yes. Uh, rather, I think they were all very insular. They were all focused on download, protecting their content, making sure it was copyright yeah. protected. They 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 didn't want to open Pandora's box, if you like it. Look at streaming. And Greg and I were involved in a project in around 2007, which was before iPlayer even existed, and that was offering video content on demand. Uh, which it just it was amazing that we were actually thinking about that within a business before. I mean, we didn't have the resources or the clout to take that onto another level, but these guys that owned the content it was kind of clear that that was the way there was going to go so there was no big surprise there but you're right in what you're saying the first mainstream broadcaster to go big on this was the bbc in the uk yeah was the bbc and, and, and that, also... that was that was the end of 2007 as well they, so december 2007 i think they went 
They were quite ahead of the game. I remember that. Yeah, their their peak was in 2007 and their full launch was 2008. Yeah, the cricket and the tennis used to be on back then. On, on those because remember when cricket was on free TV <laughs> before it was oh, Channel Four. Channel Four oh, was Channel Four, then. wasn't it? Oh, Channel Four. B- Channel BBC Four was BBC was all uh, tennis, wasn't it? Yeah, Wimbledon. Yeah, Channel Four streamed the uh, Ashes in two thousand and five. That was actually my first ever time I remember watching live streaming TV was the Ashes in two thousand and five. The me cricket too. then. Me too. Uh, and that that was that was uh, I think England one of the won. Other shows that's that... why you remember it because England <laughs> fucking won it. That's why because yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a brilliant series to watch. To be fair. And uh, that, yeah, that, no, it was a way of not having the horse racing interrupting your content. You could actually watch it on the streamer. Because yeah. if you watched it on channel, if you watched it on channel four on TV, then they would interrupt it for other things. And the other one that was really big around that time, just before then, actually, a couple of years before that, channel four and the, the show Big Brother, they they streamed that in, in, in its infancy. Oh, uh, yes, and I that, remember. That, that, that was another big, big thing for streaming. It was like 24 7 live streaming, wasn't it? It was, it was yep. constant. You I could do basically remember. watch yeah, it all yeah. day. <laughs> there, were, there were some crazy mofos that did do that as well. I mean, Greg, the big, the big game changer is technology because the advancement in technology is what has allowed what's followed all the way up from then, 2007 to 2017. The advancement in technology is the key. You know, the development of how you can protect not only that actually i should add laws as well laws piracy you know the the the, the piracy laws and and companies being able to protect their content if they find websites and being able to shut them down not shut them down shut down the, the actual you know remove remove the videos all of that stuff has really helped us get to where we are and i mean can you talk a little bit about that what you think and maybe what's changed uh, uh, technology wise I think, as well as technology, I think the biggest advancement is the sort of internet infrastructure and the you know going down the, the high speed internet route. That's helped with this. I mean, if we were still on on um, dial up and you know slow broadband connections, none of this would ever have happened or would ever have come along. So I think the involvement of internet as such has brought along with it the, the advent of streaming and the ability to, to stream on, as I, as I said already, on your on your devices on your iPads on your laptops on your computers and then obviously now with the advent of smart TVs and um, being able to watch it directly on your television as well which is for ease of use that is what you know lots of people want they want to be able to watch it on their telly they don't want to sit and all, all huddled around the laptop watching a program they want to watch it on yeah. their television in front of them using a remote control that's what nice I want to easy. talk about that's what I want to talk about before we get there though before the smart TV turned up the mobile phone and the tablet turned up Eddie and the advancement in technology in mobile phones and the quality of mobile phones and being able to then, um, you know, airplay kind of thing, your devices onto televisions back then. The first thing, that was the that was the kind of thing you could do, right? Yeah, the apps, of course. That was That's the foundation of the mobile devices and, and, and the, moving away from the browser and into an app, a piece of software you could install on on a device like a tablet or a mobile phone uh, with the smart the advent of the smartphone being able to install the bbc iplayer app or the itv player it's now called the itv hub but being able to install that app the 4od app in the uk in particular and then of course netflix amazon they all brought out apps uh, and uh, and uh, before you knew it you could access all this content and then like what you say being able to airplay to things like apple tvs where that that content wasn't proprietary on the tv at the time it is now but it wasn't then so the only way you could actually do it would be to, to airplay it which is effectively streaming it without cables across your home onto your tv uh before that it was like what greg said you would actually have to 
physically connect a cable between your laptop and your TV, which in those days was VGA cables. Now it can still be done, but it'll be using HDMI cables. So it's 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 all changed and it's all been centered, like what Greg just said, around that TV, around creating the viewing experience that people wanted for that. I mean, in the old days, it would very much be people would take what they get. If they could only get that content on the laptop, then they would hook it up and that's what they would that's what they would use to watch that internet powered TV. Whereas now that's all changed. I mean, it's literally if you uh, if you haven't got a, a smart TV or a TV that enables your TV to be a smart TV, such as an LTV box, or an Amazon Fire Stick, a Rocky box, there's, there's tons of options. Then it's almost seen as you're in the dark ages because your TV's only left really to connect to an aerial or a, or a, a broadcaster's separate box. Yeah, and I, I before we go into more technolo- technological stuff and all this, I want to just make it a bit more personable for the listener and say, back in so when all this stuff was kicking off 2004 i remember things like lost wanting to be able to watch them you know in my own place in my own room and having only the one living room downstairs obviously my parents live with me in my house so them taking over that with indian television that's been since the only at the only thing i'd say about the advancement of television is the advancement of indian television has ruined life for people because like those who don't want to watch it and if there's only one main living room in the house you're pretty much fucked because that's all that's going to be on in an indian house so trying to get and then obviously at the time i had two young kids a, a baby can't watch stuff in your room because baby's sleeping or whatever's going on so trying to set up something in my office uh with my desktop was pretty much torrent based this was back in the day. Don't go and retro, retro uh, find me people or whatever. We behind bars. But, but this <laughs> well, that would be a, that would be services like Kazar and Pirate Bay and BitTorrent and things like yes, that. It would be exactly. The so the that... the whole thing was I want to watch Lost on my computer. I want to watch you know stuff like that. Those shows. That was the type of thing that I would then do is download and then just watch on my computer and make and make sure I had a monitor that could connect to my laptop and my PS two back then i think it was or three i don't know so it would be a multi-use monitor so i'd actually be trying to make that office into a you know a, a technological hub kind of thing so back then obviously you didn't have that netflix you didn't have the on demand and that was how difficult it was for people and the change now eddie is that i mean the smart television is something even i was late to adopt to very late to adopt to. I had a very old television in my cinema room. And now, since I've got this new huge TV, by the way, with smart TV, and I've got it set up via libertyshield.com, people. Um, <laughs> well, it is it is pretty damn amazing. And something that helped was the Fire Stick. So I was, a, I was able to go and buy access to, you know, loads of channels with it and, and, and basically watch so much stuff off, off of, uh, by having a VPN. You know, so Eddie, just go into the smart TV aspect because it does make things unbelievable. Yeah, a smart a smart TV is effectively a computerized television that has the apps that we spoke about before, the apps that you would install on your iPhone or your Android or your iPad or, or whatever. They, these apps are actually built into these smart TVs. Now, all the big TV companies have their own platforms, uh, Samsung, Panasonic, Sony, uh, LG. They all have their own platform of smart TV. But that you spoke about the fire stick there the fire stick's a great device in itself but that's almost become a way of retrofitting a tv 
So for instance, I have one 50 inch TV here in my office. It's not my main TV and it's, it came out just before smart TVs were on the market. So the way for me to turn that into a smart TV is to plug an Amazon Fire Stick into it, which effectively makes it a smart TV on one of my HDMI sources. So that's, that's what a smart TV effectively is. It's any form of TV technology that allows you to access IPTV services, which are iPlayer, uh, ITV, 4OD here in the UK, and the likes of Hulu, Netflix, ABC, uh, HBO in the US. So that's just one example. And every country around the world has these models. Uh, it doesn't really matter where you are. Canada will have its own smart TV uh, services. So will uh, so will Australia, New Zealand, everywhere like that. And it's still TV is still very much governed by borders due to the way that broadcast rights are sold. They're sold in regions and different countries will pay different regions. I'll, I'll give one example. I know we're going to talk about sport later and I'll give a really good example on that when we talk about sport. But the smart TVs are effectively now the computerized TV in the home that's allowing you to access apps from your remote control and catch up on TV that you can watch anytime. So you're no longer restricted to a TV schedule of when a program's on. And obviously Netflix with their box sets idea allow you to actually they they will release an amazon as well they'll they'll release a whole series on a day <laughs> so effectively you, you're not just releasing one episode week by week by week that does still happen but you still have the option for some series some of the biggest ones on netflix are released the whole series on a day and that lets you effectively binge watch that series and you can blast that out within a weekend if you are so inclined yeah i mean I yeah, think, r- I, I, rather than I, it taking a weekend to download it on, on a turn like like you're talking about guys yeah. you know download download 10 episodes how long would that take you oh my now, god the button, and, then, go. and then trying to connect that to the tv downstairs that's so old because then everybody wants to watch heroes season one on a weekend when all the women have gone away to switzerland and all the men at home they all want to watch <laughs> heroes I remember it it was one of the best weekends ever we watched 24 i think it was 20 episodes of heroes i think it was a, that, that much back then and we just caned it in one sitting like three generations like my dad my generation and then my nephews all of us the generation just watched uh heroes and loved it and that was the first time we binge watched the binge the binge turned up back then so the binge has been a thing since you know 2004 5 6 you know that it's been it's what people were i mean it's become the way i want to watch tv but it was doable it, it was, was doable back right. then but it was, now it's it was hard so much work, easier though. yeah, yeah absolutely hard. yeah but I, I mean the thing that i mentioned about the fire about the fire stick uh, Eddie, that was more of another way of having two kind of locations on your not locations what is it on your on your on your smart TV, basically, isn't it? Like you can have a UK base and you can have a US base, having two without having to switch too much things up. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, so you could effectively have your own form of globalization with that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, just an example, I could give my own setup as an example. I have a I have smart TV in my living room. Uh, that's set on my home internet with Virgin Media. I connect to that and I've got BBC iPlayer, I've got ITV, I've got Amazon, I'm based in the UK, so that's perfectly fine for me to do that. Whereas my Fire Stick, which is also in that TV, is connected to a VPN router from Liberty Shield, which is set up as a US service. So thereby I can access on my Fire Stick all the US apps, the things like Netflix, US edition, Hulu, uh, NBC, HBO, and, and, and services like that. And so he pays I've for pay- all of them, by the way, so he doesn't, yeah, absolutely, so, yeah, it's yeah. not dodgy, he's no, paying no, no, for access. All- they're, they're all paid. They're all paid services. There's nothing that the, the models of it's kind of ironic because you guys were talking there about uh, torrents and sharing and things like that. 
it's obviously the amount of people that were doing that effectively you were the revolutionaries you were the people that made the big guys stand up and take notice that this was a market that they could monetize it's very much like and i know we're going to talk about the future right at the end so i'm not going to dwell on this too much but if you look at the music industry and the way that changed from the likes of napster and these these illegal movie music sharing services when the iphone came out and steve jobs uh, was a big vocal supporter of itunes it effectively completely changed the game that no one now would go and download music on napster you would sign up everyone that i know anyway would sign up to a service such as spotify itunes amazon music and you have access to millions and millions of, of music files to listen to at your leisure on any device you want and that's where tv's go in just a lot more slowly and music sold differently to tv it's not sold in re regions whereby the uk rights will be owned by one company the us by another uh, and that's where it that's why TV struggling to break down these barriers. And that's why someone like me that has a VPN router can effectively say, well, I want access to US content as well. And I'm prepared to pay for it. So uh, I'll, I'll watch that at my leisure using a VPN. Uh, and that's effectively what's Not happened. Only that, you can use the Netflix US. It, you don't have to pay extra for that. You just log in from. A, no, no, that's and that's brilliant because it's they have they do legitimately have a different range of of content oh it's, you... it's night and day i mean it's the, the movies everyone knows that a lot of movies are released in the u.s well before they come out in the uk and syndication that we mentioned where where different rights are signed i mean i'll give you an example for instance uh one of the big ones is uh not a show i've ever watched but it's called the walking dead uh now the walking dead in the u.s is only available on their, their amc network who actually make the show Whereas in the US, in the UK, you can get those uh, episodes on on Netflix, I believe. So it might be the other way around. I can't quite remember, but shows like that uh, is is effectively one that would be on Netflix in one region and not on another region. Using a VPN obviously helps do that. Exactly. I mean, it's a it's it's a wonderful setup. I have to say, having something like that to be able to have something like that now in the home is so far gone from what I just described in two thousand and four and the hard work of all that i mean it's um it's a pleasure especially for someone who loves tv like i do especially shows uh riveting shows that you know you can get stuck into binge i mean uh, the, the 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 smart tv is is unbelievable now can you talk to me a little bit about iptv because i think there'd be a lot of people greg i don't know if you know a lot about this a lot of people that don't know too much about it maybe an introduction to it and how it's the next thing yeah, I mean, IPTV, again, a lot of it's done through through apps um, or on your computer, on your devices, um, whereby effectively it, it's streaming of the television service um, through through your uh, through your devices or through your smart TV apps. Um, you can connect up, you can watch live TV and, and, and on-demand TV as well. Um, certainly an excellent addition to the to the options that are available. And an and IPTV in its raw form is every service that we've just mentioned. Netflix, iPlayer, Amazon, Firestick, HBO, Hulu. They're all forms of IPTV. It's Internet Protocol TV. Where the, where, the, where the waters get a little bit more muddied is that, particularly in the UK, there's a huge number of illegal IPTV suppliers now. So this is, these, are, these are companies that have set up to stream live and on-demand content from servers, I don't know where their servers are, but effectively there's apps, free apps on the smart TV, things like Perfect Player, they're not illegal, uh, but the, uh, the the content that you tag to, the playlists, are uh, are illegal. So there's a lot of these illegal providers that sell access to 
premium channels for around uh, £10 a month. And you can effectively get a full Sky package, a full BT package, all within that £10 a month. So that's the form of IPTV that's kind of muddy in the waters a little in that it's causing mass cancellations, I assume, of things like Sky and Virgin and the likes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. And do you think that's where it's all going to go? That way, do you think Sky will... Uh, I mean, normally, I mean, we, normally we talk, they'll we, find ways. We've got to talk Sky Q. we got to, because Sky Q was their response, really, wasn't it, to Netflix, everything. A real kind of aggressive attempt, I'd say, Eddie, at trying to really catch up with what's going like on Sky in the world. Q, yes, but I would still say more now TV from Sky is more their attempt than the way they package their sports separately, the way they package their movies separately, that you don't need this all-encompassing one subscription anymore. That seems to be Sky's way of biting back. The technology of Sky Q is excellent. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. But Well, the binge, little... the way it allows you to binge, it's it's like yeah. Netflix, though. Like you, It downloads the next episode for you whilst you're watching that one and, and then moves straight to it. Here you go, move on, move on. And what I'm trying to say is they're just trying to get you it. They are encouraging the binge. It's it's basically changing the way they did stuff to totally become... Because obviously, you know, Netflix, next episode starts in 10 seconds. Uh, Amazon Prime does the same thing. All those things have come through those, you know, them channels, you know, the, through through streaming. That's where the technology changed. You know, we talk about technology. Netflix becoming... If, you, if you've been watching Netflix as long as I have, the last how long has it been on in, in the UK? I think I got it pretty much straight away. The technology advancement is brilliant. As in, it's got better and better in terms of what it can do. Skip intros, you know, the whole thing, the coding of it. It just gets better and better. And they are trying to No catch... adverbs. That's, that's the biggest thing. No that's adverbs. The biggest that's, thing? What, that's what pisses people off, to be, to be frank. It's one of these things. And you watch a, a normal television program, every three or four minutes there could be an advert. Um, and that's really what annoys people. So these kind of programs, next episode starting, bam, off you go, off you go. And off Sky go, stripped them. The Sky stripped the adverts. Yeah. And they've stripped the adverts from the box set section. 
So they're trying to be very clever. So even if, if there is a break, it just goes through the, t- the, t- the title of the show and then back again? That, that, their argument will be that's what you're paying for. That, that's why you're paying a premium. Those yeah. kind of things. You're not, having to, you know, you're not having to watch the advert because you're paying a premium. The now TV service that Eddie mentioned, it's very expensive. You want to watch a, you know, a day or a week or a month's worth of sport, it's very expensive. But it's not in Sky's interest to offer that you know, cheap rates because they want people signing up to their Sky Q and to their, to their, their subscription services. They don't want you just watching one-off events. Um, they're happy to offer it, and they're happy to, for you to pay for it, but you, ha- you will have to pay a premium for that. And, and Hulu uh, Hulu have gone a stage further. They actually sell an ad-free option of their subscriptions. So I don't know the current prices, but let's say it's $10 a month for the normal Hulu Plus. If you buy that, you can now buy an ad-free option for, say, $18 a month. So it's like the Americans are ad-obsessed. They're even seeing this now, and they're, they're offering different options for that. I think ITV also do it in the UK with their ITV hub. You can pay for a version that doesn't have adverts for things like Coronation Street and shows like that. So you can actually catch up on these shows without adverts as well for a slightly higher price per month. And I, when I was talking about Sky, I was trying to basically just go into the, the point about production companies and television shows and how Sky kind of started to purchase it. Sky Atlantic was the next thing they, they went with, wasn't it? Wasn't it trying to purchase those shows, fun shows, there was some. I remember Sai kicking this podcast off back in the day and saying they they would act literally fund shows in the US that would be shit, but guaranteed like three years or, or or sounded good or looked good. But then obviously, as those shows went on after a few episodes, they kind of were drab, and you'd have guaranteed three years of that show because it's already been paid for or, or funded by Sky, and that kind of thing then started happening. And then obviously, the major thing in the US was. It's not like anything like the UK, is it, Eddie, where, you know, pretty much production companies sell to the, the big channels here, don't they? In the UK, anything they create. Whereas in the US, the setup's a lot different. Yeah, absolutely. The production companies in the US rule the roost, uh, AMC, Stars, uh, HBO. You know, I mean, you know these names. In the UK, you don't know these companies because uh, they they sell their content on to the distributors like BBC, ITV, Amazon, Netflix. They're, they're selling this content on. So you don't know the production companies in the UK because they don't necessarily have their own platforms or need their own platforms because the distribution model is completely different. Whereas in the US, these are massive players in their own rights. And you'll find that the likes of Netflix, Amazon, Hulu in the US are actually bidding these production companies for the rights. I remember when Apple relaunched their Apple TV and they had the big thing around Game of Thrones with HBO. That was HBO basically getting into bed with Apple at that time for the launch of their their cord cutting service which is called hbo now i think there was always hbo go so if you if you subscribe to hbo as part of your cable package you would always have this option to watch hbo go so that's their catch-up service you can watch their channels live you can catch up on all the shows now if you weren't an hbo cable customer you had no means of watching hbo at all so what happened was they launched a service called hbo now and as part of hbo now they got into bed with apple and offered it on the apple tv and then that led to single subscriptions where you could pay a monthly fee to HBO just for access to HBO now without having a cable. And that's known as cord cutting. Now, all the big U.S. cable providers and the traditional production companies now do that. You have Showtime with their Showtime Anytime. You have Stars have it. All the big U.S. players now have their own apps. And that's production level cord cut apps they're even doing it with sport now nbc are even doing it with their nbc gold package so that's massive in the u.s and that's the way content sold in the u.s and 
differs massively compared to the UK, where, for example, Sky Atlantic, who you mentioned, their whole business model was based around going to these US production companies like HBO, like AMC, like Stars, and buying that content at source to be the UK's distributor for these shows. So it's completely different. Yeah, and like there was a report, I think I read over 60% of young US adults now have cut the cord and, and are streaming, solely streaming all their content in the US. That's that's huge. That's Imagine how much the cable companies have lost in the last five years, you know, money-wise. If the, con- if the content's available, why wouldn't you? I mean, that, that's the thing. It's because of the advent of technology, it makes things so much easier. You can watch it when it suits you rather than watching it, having to sit down when you need to watch it. You know, it's, it's it suits people to watch it when they want to watch it, when they go to bed, when, when they sit in the evening, first thing in the morning when they get up, they can watch the programmes whenever they want. Yeah, and I think the cord cutting in the UK is probably going to take a bit longer, isn't it, don't you think? Or... Do you reckon a lot of people have still done that already? I think I think it's happened, and I think it is happening as uh, you know as the thing goes along. Um, and it's like you say, some people move quicker than others. Um, I think with the with the advent of your fire sticks and all the, the additional easy to use technologies, it makes things a lot easier for them to then, as you say, they could sit all day on a Saturday and binge and watch a whole series of whatever program they may want to watch. Um, but at the same time, they could watch one episode every night of the week or they could watch one a week or, you know, it, it genuinely is really dependent on the user and how they want to watch it. But the technology has advanced so quickly. Mm. Um, and I, I, back to my original point about the, the broadband infrastructure has advanced so quickly that streaming, you're not just streaming in HD, you're not just streaming in full HD, you're now streaming in 4K. So, oh my God, you know, the quality is fantastic as well. Yes, it is. You, you feel like you're there and if you've got a massive TV in your, your cinema room, it's pitch black and you're watching Stranger Things. Like, I, I want to talk about you keep, that. You keep mentioning this massive TV gag. I mean, they say size doesn't matter, but you keep boasting about the size of this TV. I love it. It's too good. <laughs> it's so, so good, man. I mean, I am in love with the damn thing. Uh, Samsung Curve. I can tell. It is so good. Um, yeah, I sleep with it now. Don't, uh, <laughs> oh, dear. On it, on it, no, what was I going to say? The, talking about Netflix, um, Eddie, you mentioned their reach earlier. And it's got to the point where Netflix is creating content itself now, you know, and that was the major shift again for them to to start producing their own stuff. I know they do a lot of Netflix original stuff, which really aren't Netflix originals, which are nicked from the from America, but they buy the rights and get the get the get the rights to write that on them when a UK person is watching. But they have now created, they are able to create content that becomes pop culture. For example, Stranger Things. You know, you, you, you'd see, you'd see Nina, you'd see basically, you'd see Nina boasting her, her Stranger, you know, uh, uh, hoodie the other day at the game. So all, all because of Stranger Things. Do you get what I mean? So that type of connect to a show where it's now creating clothing and people willing to wear stuff. That's huge, right? That is proper connection with a fan base and a, and a and a viewer. Yeah, they've 
taken it to a whole new level in the fact that what would traditionally have been a platform and a distribution platform for watching the content are now actually producing the content. So they're getting into they're getting to the level where the likes of HBO and these guys actually are. You know what I mean? They're, they're not just a platform for delivery. They're now a production company in their own right. And they make shows, obviously, Stranger Things, one that you've mentioned. There are many others. Their biggest one, which is kind of fallen by the wayside, obviously, for a, a personal issue that's gone on with Kevin Spacey. Their biggest and first was House of Cards that I've never watched the show so i couldn't tell anyone about it one thing that will come across with me very much is i don't actually watch a lot of tv which is quite a scary thing yeah, i know these things but that. i don't i i don't actually watch a lot of tv unfortunately i just i just never find the time to watch it which is a uh, quite a sad uh, paradigm of my life but so be it but that house of cards was the uh was the first show. big one brilliant yeah show. i mean it was it was released all episodes were released that was a complete game changer and that was netflix Netflix originals and then net, all the other Netflix originals have dwarfed on that business model and they've been copied. Amazon have their originals now. I mean, Amazon again did do what you say. I mean, one show that you've been watching recently is Outlander. Amazon call that an Amazon original is not the case. It's a, maybe a case in the UK, but that show's actually made by Stars and the History Channel as a partnership. Uh, so it's a uh, but here in the UK, it's known as an Amazon original. It's just one of those things that this is what they do. And Sky Atlantic call a lot of shows Sky. Atlantic originals and again they're not they're made by a production company but they paid for the rights to badge it as an original within the uh, within the UK yeah and that's I think it, with, with Amazon I think it's interesting I think Amazon's an interesting one their model because you can do so much with your Amazon Prime membership now you can go and buy your shopping you can go and buy whatever you like you can also watch their, their content um, you know on your television so I think from that, that point of view, I think that's a fantastic model rather than having to pay a subscription service separately just for your television, for example. Um, but the reach of these subscription services is incredible. I think I read last week that Netflix was approaching 100 million worldwide, and the prediction is within the next five or six years, there'll be up to 130 million people subscribing to their service and watching their content. I mean, it's just incredible numbers. That's what I mean. The numbers, it, it, that is just unbelievable. 100 million people and so many people will watch the the main big name shows but i mean we've got over the we've got over how big that can become but what i want to talk about now is how especially in the uk cable and sky has been able to keep a hold of the the people basically not not allowing people to cut the cord and that's sport so eddie i don't i don't know whether you agree with that but I think Sky Sports, for example, football, the Premier League, has been one way where they've managed to to, to keep people in. BT yeah, their exclusive well. their their exclusivity over that since the the birth of the uh, the Premier League is is has been their big thing. They've always owned one of the rights packages, is five different rights packages to the Premier League. That's been their big thing, and obviously. There's been pretenders that have come and gone. I'll give you some of the names uh, that you'll remember. There's been Satanta. There's been ESPN. Oh, there's yeah. been, uh, they, they've, they've all tried to buy other packages, uh, but Sky have always had this exclusivity of owning the main packages for the Premier League, and a lot of their business models built around that. The biggest threat to that is going to be these illegal IPTV providers. That is the biggest threat to Sky right now and to BT Sport and the money that they're paying for these rights. And this could be a boom-bust scenario if they don't watch that market very very carefully because a lot of people could like i said earlier go and pay 10 pound a month to a, an illegal iptv provider 
and literally cancel their Sky or Virgin or whatever they want to cancel because they just don't need those services once they have this. So it's, uh, you're getting all the same channels and more in full HD, including all the pay-per-view services for a ten or a month. Why are you going to continue subscribing if it's that easy and it's, it's that mainstream? I'm not talking about Cody. Cody's a separate thing uh, available on these devices as well, but Cody's another threat to uh to these to these rights holders so that's the biggest threat they have to try and find a way to overcome that and they have kind of because what they've done is they've got the major uk isps the six biggies if you like which are virgin bt e sky talk talk and plusnet they're all in bed now with the with the court orders that are coming out which are effectively saying that at certain times they have to block access on their networks to these illegal iptv providers the times when the premier league football's on but that doesn't, and I think the Champions League, UEFA have now got a court injunction as well. So that's the next stage where TV, these illegal IPTV providers are going to be blocked. But fortunately for people that do use them, the byproduct again, we fall back to it, is VPN. Because if they use a VPN, then the ISP can't see what they're using and therefore they can't be blocked. So uh, that's where VPN's seen another boom in the fact that it can be used to get past these blocks by ISPs. So that's a, a little in, a little intricacy on the technicality there. But they are fighting back. And of course, when the Premier League goes down, like I'll give you an example. This weekend, I don't know when people are listening to it, but this weekend we're going to be coming into the Six Nations rugby. Now, the Six Nations haven't taken any specific court order or court injunction to block these illegal IPTV providers. But because these matches will be on at the same time as Premier League football, they're effectively achieving it indirectly. So... No matter what you're watching at 3 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon, if you're not behind a VPN with an encrypted connection and you connect via one of these ISPs, as soon as the football starts, your illegal IPTV service will switch off. It will be blacked out. So no matter what you're watching, whether it be the Six Nations Rugby, whether it be the Premier League Football, whether it be some cooking show on BBC Two, you're going to be switched off. So that's why people use VPN routers to effectively connect devices like mag boxes, Z Gemma boxes, the things that can provide illegal IPTV to bypass those blocks. So sport and cord cutting, I can't see it happening because the closest thing you've got is Sky and the way that they've uh, they broke their packages down into individuals. So you could just subscribe to Sky Football. You could just subscribe to Sky Cricket. You could just subscribe to NFL. There are things that Sky are trying to do to make the overall price point a bit cheaper than, say, paying £50 a month for a sports package. Uh, Greg but, mentioned but, earlier. But, but, Eddie, could you see someone like Netflix in the future or Amazon say, you know what, we're big enough now for this. I'm going to offer... They're big, enough. They're big enough now if they want to do it. You know what I mean? And there has been talk of that. And YouTube as well is another one. Yeah, but YouTube. For, you know, for football rights and all that kind of stuff. So Well, it's, already, hap it's already happening with Twitter. Twitter have mm -hmm. already Twitter have already bought and streamed a couple of major things. I can give you a couple of examples. Twitter last year bought a package for Monday Night Football, which is American football. So they were worldwide. I mean, this is almost unheard of. They weren't doing it in certain regions. They bought the world right, worldwide NFL rights to Monday Night Football. So you on Twitter, you could actually go and watch those packages wherever you were in the world. You didn't need a VPN. You didn't need a proxy server. You could go and watch that from wherever you wanted. And the other big example, uh, I'm going back probably to 2008, was YouTube. They effectively streamed the IPL, the Indian Premier League cricket, free to everyone. Uh, that's changed now because 
unfortunately money's got the better of them and they've decided that going back to a more traditional model of selling the rights works for them but to boost to launch the ipl and for it to get its big tv audience worldwide that was almost a lost leader let's stream it free on youtube and then we'll take whatever TV rights we sell on the back of it because we'll get people hooked. So there's a YouTube example and a Twitter example. And Gags, you're absolutely right. That is 100% the way it's going to be. It would not surprise me in the slightest if the next round of Premier League football rights, you see you see the likes of Netflix, YouTube, Amazon, Twitter, all getting involved. Facebook well, Probably even. not the next one. The next one's in a couple of weeks. The next one's going to be announced in a, in a couple of weeks. I reckon... Still wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. You Still wouldn't surprise me. I reckon it'll Facebook, be the one after. Fancy this. The thing, the thing is, though, right? They, 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 they're saying it's going to get up to ten million pounds for this sports package. Ten billion pounds, sorry, for this sports package. Can I mean the only way it can go higher is if one of these big boys get involved, right? In terms of Netflix, Amazon, that they would be the ones to take it to a stupid level, and really price would, the, the would, sky the out. Hesitancy, the hesitancy has to come from the fact that there's these illegal IPTV providers, and they're finding ways to access this content, which cut the the actual rights holders out so there, there will be hesitancy you have to imagine on the next round of rights they keep going up they keep going up keep, keep going up history tells us that nothing can keep going up no. so something's going to change at some point and a case these these guys aren't silly you know what i mean they're, they're totally aware of that and uh, they've got to make money at the end of the day that's the point point. Yeah. and you can only charge a subscriber so much so what, what else can you charge well you're going to charge your advertisers or you're going to charge whatever else but again there's got to be a level where that goes to that people would pay it so at what point does it not become profitable to bid these millions and millions of pounds? Yeah, I, I totally get you. I mean, I think I think not only that, you look at, um, in sport, you look at um, Liverpool FC TV, for example. They, they air a lot of their stuff online now as well. It's basically all the time online. You can watch it all online. Every, every kind of, any kind of popular, for example, I'll give you another one, wrestling, WWE, they launch their own, Netflix, where they basically for 10 quid or 7 quid or whatever it was the price back in the day they put all of their library, now imagine all their shows like big pay-per-view show, one a month since 19, I don't know 85, every single one available to watch online and then that that's live every month as well, and they have, they have now got mil, over a million a million, two million maybe million and a half subscribers paying that much money so they've just up their own revenue just like that so anyone with any kind of a library video library can and, and a big fan base can really monetize their content unbelievably because of because of technology the rise in let's technology. just get let's just use your liverpool fc tv example quickly mm. because that's uh that's one that's obviously going to be pertinent to a lot of the listeners to this show now obviously subscribe it. I don't know how much it costs, but subscribing to Liverpool FC TV, you get various website access, you get uh, archives of previous content, previous matches, things like that. You also get the live TV channel, which streams around the clock, uh, obviously on Sky, Virgin, and these platforms, as well as their own website. Now, that channel's another channel that's fully available, fully streamed on these illegal IPTV services. So that's going to be taking a lot of subscribers away from that. And effectively, that affects their bottom line revenue and whether they can continue to deliver the content at the quality that they do so these are this this illegal iptv i cannot emphasize enough is a massive threat to the way tv's grown and the way that it's going to evolve over the next few years 
yeah, I think that's a good place to to say that the technology is key, and it's going to be interesting to see where we go with this. Is there anything else, guys, that you want to touch on in terms of um, the VPN services or or anything else in how how you know the the rise of the machine, Greg? Well, the one thing I want I want to to, to touch on, um, we're we're going to offer your subscribers or your listeners, should I say, um, a, a fantastic discount on on a VPN router if they wish to purchase one. Um, if they visit libertyshield.com, click on Get VPN Router, um, and then enter into the, the the coupon box on the box, all one word, they will receive ten pounds off the VPN router price. So instead of twenty nine ninety nine, they'll receive it for nineteen ninety nine. Also, on the back of that, they get one month included free of charge to use the, the, the service. Um, and if they choose the annual option, they can have the first year for forty nine ninety nine as well. So a fantastic saving there for, for the listeners. Superb. Make sure you get yourself over to libertyshield.com and uh, use on the box when you uh, when you do go to purchase uh, one of those subscriptions or a router. Eddie, anything from yourself to finish? Not really. I, I think the future is still positive. Uh, I think some of the content that we're getting on TV, uh, it blows away even what only the movies used to be able to deliver. I mean, some of the some of the TV shows and the quality of the productions involved. Yeah, Game of Thrones, for absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah, Game of Thrones. I mean, that's one of the flagship shows. Obviously, that's. I mean, you just wouldn't get that sort of budget deployed to a TV show before. It would only be deployed to big style blockbuster Hollywood movies mm. that need to absolutely saturate the market in the cinema, then onto DVD, then onto TV syndication around the world. That was the way the market used to work. Now, because of the appetite, the supply and demand, basic economics here, that you can deliver a TV show in its entirety of a series overnight on one of these platforms, and that still covers its costs. I mean, Greg mentioned there the 100 million that Netflix have. The most recent figures actually say they're already at 118 million around the world. Now, if you imagine that most of those people will be on average spending about £10 a month, yeah. you do the maths. You know stupid, what I mean? That's a, that, that's a humongous revenue that they generate. You know what I mean? On the back it's, of that, Eddie, you think about the infrastructure. You, I mean, you, you go back to when we did streaming for you know on a business side of things and the infrastructure we had for you know a few hundred streams here or there. You know, with with a few subscribers, a few people watching, and you look at the infrastructure of this to cater for 110, 115, 120 million people all watching. I mean, it must be staggering, staggering. Yeah, setup. to get it. To get it that slick, the way Gags was talking about things like skip intros for that series links, uh, being able to being able to just load yeah, up video, the video overlays, the whole yeah, thing yeah. Is I mean that that stuff yeah. is uh, the, the technology required to power that and yeah. to cope with the demand of millions of users watching a piece of content at the same wow. time. You cannot imagine. I mean, and and we know because we've seen it, but you cannot comprehend. The amount of technicality work going on in data centers around the world about peering agreements and routing agreements with different broadband distributors that, that this is all about net neutrality now not, that's a completely separate podcast on its own but go and have a look at search net neutrality and see what it's all about and see how some of these big us isps are trying to stop net neutrality to be able to control the internet to be able to control broadband netflix and the likes of uh, amazon they'll they'll be completely opposed to any changes to net neutrality laws but it's well worth a look because that's how they're trying to 
make more money. The ISPs are trying to make more money out of Netflix and Amazon. They're not happy with the piece of the pie that they have right now, but considering that their technology is effectively the delivery mechanism, it's almost like delivering a letter and Royal Mail not being happy with the way that the price of the stamp, uh, they want some of the businesses, uh, the business that's sending the mail's money on the back of it. So there's a lot of corporate things going on and it's going to be an interesting landscape over the next uh, next couple of years. But do go and have a search on net neutrality and see what that's all about, because it's going to become a become a, a term that you're going to become all too familiar with over the coming years as the ISPs get that bit more greedy, I imagine. Wow. Yes, I really. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how all that develops. Uh, I can only see things getting better for the the viewer. By the way, the 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 the, the rays in technology, everything moving on, it's only gonna get better for us. And I think um I think we've really covered the the growth of it and how it's changed over time really really well. So thank you so much, guys. Make sure you get over to libertyshield dot com and uh, follow Greg's. Uh, you know advice and get yourself a vpn router because i tell you what it's fantastic and it lets you really set things up nicely if you do want to um obviously the privacy side of things and the, the security things but then if you want to set up stuff how eddie described it's um it's fantastic it really is that's it for on the box thank you greg thank you eddie i'm sure people will hear you more on ai pro uh greg we we'll probably have to get you on we have to get you on in a post match or something for sure yeah greg the producer becomes greg the host oh no <laughs> not, not not a host maybe a guest <laughs> maybe a guest thank you so much guys and to you the listener thank you so much for listening we'll be back with um probably talking out lander very very soon with eddie so um yeah listen out for that one deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.